When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Point of view. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. And we are back, boys. Uh, it's been way too long. We've got the giggles early in the studio just from from how fun it is to be back. I mean, guys, what what's the feeling right now? It's great to be back. <laughs> uh, I love this. Uh, college football starts in three days. It's crazy to think this is our fourth year. I mean, yeah. that's, that is insane. Fourth year. Yeah, and something that's picked up um, over the off-season has been our following on Instagram, mm-hmm. which we'll, of course, be plugging this show through the Instagram throughout. So uh, I thought we'd go around and give a quick introduction for ourselves. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I'm Tyler. Um, I am from Oregon. I'm an Oregon State fan. Uh, go Beavs. That's where my bias will be coming from for the majority of the show. Um, yeah, we got to, We all go to Arizona State. I guess I can lead off with that, but... Um, I don't know, Hayden, you want to go next? Yeah, uh, I'm Hayden Weber. I'm originally here from Phoenix. Uh, grew up in Southern California, but have been a Sun Devil from day one. That's my team. Been growing up watching Pac-12 football. So, you know, kind of know the ins and out of this conference. Um, just expect the unexpected. If there's anything I've learned over my lifelong fandom of this conference, it's that you can never really get your hopes up too high, but... I think things can change a little bit this year, even though it's going to be a down year for my Sun Devils, I think. I think there's a lot to look forward to from the Pac-12 this season. So I'm excited. I'm excited for year four of this and looking to get going. Uh, I'm Colt Almodova. This is now my second season with Pacific POV. Yes, sir. Um, As you'll know by the end of this, uh, I'm from Hawaii, and all (laughs) I do is talk about Hawaii. So if you play on Hawaii, you're from Hawaii, on a team that's not University of Hawaii, I'll still talk about you. Um, UH actually plays this weekend, so that's where my mindset is currently at. Uh, But glad to be back with you boys and looking forward to another great season uh, with you guys. Odds are, if you've ever seen a prediction that you've thought, what the hell, who who said that? It's Colt picking in favor of a Hawaiian. It's Um, true. But uh, yeah, the season almost upon us. Uh, normally, in this first segment, it's where we would do, are you surprised? Are you surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Okay, okay. We're coming off the off-season. So, are you excited? What are you most excited about for this upcoming week? Oh, I mean, this upcoming week specifically, I'm excited to see what Hawaii does, honestly, because, um... You know, that's always, they always seem to have a fun week one, week zero matchup thing going on. One of my first memories here at ASU is when they, they beat U of A week zero, and we yes, were all sir. going nuts watching that game. But this is kind of a somber 2022 season for me. ASU's mired in a recruiting scandal. The Pac-12 could be falling apart. Uh, Nick Saban just got extended through 2030, uh. so the, <laughs> the rich get richer. And the only fresh blood inside the top ten Utah and Baylor. Other than that, it's like the other eight teams we have come uh, grown accustomed to seeing there in the top ten. But I am really excited to see how the Pac-12 does against the SEC this year. I think they have three very favorable matchups. Yeah. Utah, I think, should handily beat Florida. It'll be a tough environment, but I really like the Utes. Then the Mississippi State U of A game will be interesting. And then, of course, Oregon-Georgia. And People forget the Pac-12 was 2-1 and one versus the SEC head-to-head last year. Only, only loss being uh, Colorado to Texas A&M in that they almost beat them weird too. 10-3 neutral site game. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see how we stack up against the big boys in the South. All right, Cole? 
I'm excited for Hawaii to finally join the Pac-12 after all of this <laughs> conference realignment shakes out. Uh, thank you to USC and UCLA for opening up a uh, open up a spot for the boys. Um, but I'm not really excited this weekend. I'm more nervous for <laughs> the University of Hawaii. I you should take this weekend to be excited because next week is Michigan. Uh, no, it's in two weeks from two now. Weeks? Yeah, okay. so I've got a knot in my stomach already for this weekend. It's going to be Timmy Chang's first game. Um, all 9,500 fans are going to show up. Uh, it's going to be a <laughs> sold-out high school stadium uh, in the islands. Yeah, I mean, I'm for what I'm most excited about, it's pretty cut and dry. Oregon State. Uh, this is going to be a very pivotal season, and it's probably the most optimistic I've been uh, in, what, seven years yeah. as an Oregon State fan? So that's what's got me hyped. Um, but yeah, so much to be excited about. It just feels like it has been an eternity this offseason, especially with all the groundbreaking news that has happened. I, I mean, honestly, right now, I'm most excited for Austin Pay at Western Kentucky, oh, the first cool. game at 9 a.m., on a Saturday morning. Um, and with that, let's jump into the big picture. Uh, college football's back, and we're going to make some uh, some bold uh, predictions here to lead off um, our final preseason predictions, essentially. Let's do our playoff predictions. Okay. So, uh, Colt, we'll start with you. What are your four? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? All right, let's start at the top. I got Bama, number one. You know, as usual, Saban just got that extension. Bama's going to be back, and I think they're, even though I have them slipping up in the regular season, probably losing to LSU, I think they're going to come out on top in the SEC championship game and lock up that number one spot. The number two spot I have going to Georgia, uh, who's coming off of that national championship last year. Number three, Ohio State. And number four, led by Heisman Trophy winner Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> Oklahoma is going to sneak in there over right. Notre Dame and USC, who I have just missing the cut. So there's your Heisman pick as well. That which, is correct. Which we'll do. Uh, and then who do you have winning it all? Well, I didn't get there yet. I've got, <laughs> I've got Oklahoma, though. Okay, okay. As a four seed, getting wow. it done. I mean, would it be the first time? Yeah, yeah. yeah would wow. be the first Ohio time. State did it in, back in 2014. That's true. Um, I'll go next. Mine is super cut and dry, and I... The, I always do this. I pick yeah. a playoff that I would just hate to see, <laughs> and this is about as brutal as it gets right here. So, one and two, Bama and Ohio State. I think both of them go undefeated in the regular season. I made a bold prediction that Bama was not going to trail in a game until yep. that road game in November at LSU. I think this Bama team has the potential to be one of the best teams under Nick Saban. Yeah. And then coming in at number three, I have Clemson. I think Clemson's going to pretty much run through the ACC this year. I had them slipping up at least once, or only once in my predictions. I honestly can't even remember mm -hmm. to who. Um, but I do have Clemson in there. And then at four, I have Texas A&M. I have wow. Texas A&M uh, going 11-1, their only loss to Bama. Right outside, we have Georgia, who I have going 11-1 and and then yeah. suffering their second loss to Bama in the SEC championship game. You know, Notre Dame and Michigan will be right there uh, on the fringe as well. Agreed. Michigan's but, got a soft schedule oh, this year. Please, soft. please. Utah, Baylor, I don't care. Please do not let that happen. Yeah. And I don't mean Notre Dame and Oklahoma when I mean fresh blood. We need fresh blood. It's just, oh, it'd be brutal if we see this this Final Four. Yeah, and I, I think every single year now, officially, that we've had this show, Texas A&M has been in someone's playoff at the start of the season. Yeah. Hasn't aged well. It's been Texas eight and four every time. Um, but here's my here's oh who who wins out of yours? I've got Ohio State exacting revenge over Alabama from the COVID championship game mm. a couple years ago. Yeah, which was all Alabama. Oh. I don't know what the final score was in that game, but I, I just remember there was never a moment where it I felt like say it was guys like fifty two to twenty four. Yeah, it was it was a blowout. They got schlacked. All right, my top four. Number one, we got Ohio State. Buckeyes, they're going to have the best offense in college football this year, um, as evidenced by that Rose Bowl game where they were heavily depleted and still dropped a million points on Utah. Uh, number two, I've got Alabama. I have Alabama slipping up against Tennessee in the regular season, which I still stand behind that pick. Um, but then I don't think they lose after that. NC State at number three. And this is a, a pick, huh? a rare pick that I made with my heart. Hold up. I, with my heart and not with my head, <laughs> all right? Because Wake Forest I had in my playoff. But Sam Hartman 
Uh, I don't know who if anybody heard. He has an injury, and he's going to yep. be out for an undisclosed amount of time. Yep. Many are speculating it's going to be the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I instantly said, you know what? I'm going to take NC State. I think I had NC State losing a few weird games in my predictions, including like one to Syracuse and then to Clemson. But I'm flipping. I'm saying, you know what? They beat Clemson. They'll get them in rhythm. They'll avoid the trap against Syracuse. I think they lose one game, make the playoffs as ACC champions. And then at four, I've got Georgia. I don't think Georgia loses during the regular season, and that's because they have the softest schedule ever. I think this team is heavily regressed from last year's team, but that's not going to matter. They're going to make the playoff. Um, And then my national champion, Ohio State. Um, I don't want to pick Alabama. And I do have faith in this Ohio State team. And my Heisman pick, Hayden, I don't know if you said yours yet, but mine is C.J. Stroud. Um, Because I think voter fatigue, it's not going to go to Bryce Young back-to-back. And I think Mm -hmm. Stroud will do the job well enough to get that. Okay, a couple things. My Heisman pick, uh, Bryce Young, I've got him repeating. First first repeat since, like, the 70s when, I don't even know, it was like Archie Griffin or something with Ohio State. He'd only be the second uh, of all time to do it. And I do want to add, I had Clemson losing to Wake Forest. I don't think that happens anymore. No Sam Hartman. So I think there's a good chance we see three unbeaten teams in the playoffs. I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't think it has. But, I mean, what's funny is we're so kind of pessimistic right now about the top teams. Last year was insane. You would think that last year would shake that precedent with teams like Baylor and Wake Forest and Michigan State making surprising, and Cincinnati doing surprising things, but uh, it just feels like we might slink back into the old old playoff ways this year. I just want to back up my Heisman pick, okay? So, (laughs) I naturally am going to pick Dylan Gabriel because he's from Hawaii, but I didn't realize that his offensive coordinator at Oklahoma is Jeff Levy, who was his OC at UCF in 2019. So, I I think that helps him a lot, because I was thinking, okay, Brent Venables, defensive guy how is you know Dylan Gabriel gonna do in that in that offense I think he might do well now that he has Jeff Levy with him yeah all right well uh I will see how well that pick ages we, you've had some bold takes uh do yeah, well but that's that. probably a first though like me actually providing substance <laughs> to my pick yeah. outside of just the fact that they're from Hawaii no, that, that's, that that's that's never really happens that's really good all right um it's week zero right week zero has been around for a little bit now do you guys like Week Zero? Do you like the fact that it exists? Oh, yeah. It's it. more college football, the better. I mean, why wouldn't you like Week Zero? Yeah, especially as a Hawaii fan. Right. What I love about it is everyone talks about Hawaii. It's like the premier week that everyone knows Hawaii's playing tonight, and they're playing pretty good teams every year in this Week Zero. Last year we had UCLA. Two years ago we had Arizona. We didn't fare so well last year, and hopefully we rebound against Vandy. <laughs> But, yeah, Week Zero is Hawaii's marquee week every year now. Yeah, and I think Oregon State's had a few Week Zero games. It's just really fun. It's a relatively new thing, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty new, I yeah. feel like. Because Hawaii is. used to get stuck to where they would have one of their buys at the end of the year stripped, yep. right? Because they would have to squeeze 13 games in. Correct. This is a way of giving them a spot. But what's kind of cool about this, too, as you notice, a lot of the Week Zero teams that are playing are actually opponents that Hawaii will be playing later on in the season. It's part of the... Hawaii exemption. I don't know. I saw an article about it one time. But that thing that allows Hawaii to play 13 games also allows the teams that Hawaii plays to play 13 games as well. I actually saw one of the teams is opting into that this year. Um, One of the teams Hawaii plays is playing 13. It might be Western Kentucky, actually. Mm. Um, But I haven't seen that in a minute. I think teams haven't been doing that um, recently. I know Oregon State hasn't. I think it's pretty smart because even though, let's say you finish the season 6-7, and right? You're not eligible for a bowl game. Well, that one year, Hawaii finished 6-7 and seven and made a bowl game because there wasn't enough teams um, yep. in come bowl time. And so I, I, I do think it works out even if you finish 6-7. and seven. All right, so let's get into some subset. Well, Western, Western Kentucky Maine? is playing 13 games. All right, there you go. So they opted in. That's pretty cool. I like to see that. How many that. FCS teams is Western Kentucky playing? Austin Pay. Just, just one? Just one. Well, that's smart. Good for that's them. Fun. So, yeah, let's get into some actual games. We are picking actual games for the first time in what feels like a billion years. There are four FCS matchups this week, and rather than going through each FCS matchup and what? doing a cakewalk, <laughs> which <laughs> would be fun in itself, uh, we've got Austin Pay at Western Kentucky, Idaho State at UNLV, Florida A&M at North Carolina, and Duquesne, Duquesne, Duchesne, whatever you want to call them, at Florida State. Which of these teams, the favorites, obviously, the FBS teams, do you think is in trouble this week? 
I'm going to go Western Kentucky. Wow. And here's why. You look at all the other matchups that we, um, of the ones you just listed. By the way, I have Western Kentucky winning. Okay. I believe Austin Pay is the only FCS team that's even, like, respectable. Because you obviously your eyes go to UNLV, right? That's an awful FBS program. Yes. Idaho State was 1-10 last year. So, I mean, you take worst FBS versus worst FCS. I, I just, you know, I think Still UNLV. Yeah, I think FBS, UNLV yeah. rolls there. Austin Pay, 6-5 and five last year, respectable. Western Kentucky, they're going to have to find out. Um, who the zappy replacement is. Mm-hmm. So, I like I said, I still have the Hilltoppers, but I think of the ones you listed, this is the most likely for an upset. All right, Colt, what are you thinking? Well, I'll start off with this. I don't have any small schools beating any big schools this weekend, and that kind of goes aligned with the fact that we got rid of the one for the little guy segment mm-hmm. uh, for this Pacific POV season. And so the team that I have maybe on upset alert is North Carolina. I saw fa- Interesting. Yeah, I saw FAMU went 9-3 and three last year. And North Carolina lost their season opener to Virginia Tech, I believe, last year. Yeah. And so who knows? Maybe uh, lightning strikes twice. And would Mac Brown unceremoniously get fired this season if that were to occur? That's the question. Probably. North you can't Carolina. lose to Florida A&M. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys picked those games. I was actually wrong. Yeah. Florida A&M was pretty good last year. Yeah, but, they, but, they were. Still, were but, I mean, comparatively... Western Kentucky is the worst of the teams that are playing good FCS teams, essentially. Right. Like North Carolina's Power 5. But I'm glad you guys picked those games because I'm picking another game. Okay. Duquesne and Duchesne. I'm going to call them Duquesne because that's what I've called them my whole Duquesne. life. At, at Florida State. And the, the reason I highlight this game is because, guys, Florida State lost to an FCS team last year. That's true. They lost to Jacksonville State. And guess what? Jacksonville State went 5-6. and six. Duquesne, they went 7-3 and three last year. So, you're looking at this. This is a redemption game for Florida State. And if they're not careful, they could find themselves in a situation, especially if they're tied at the half or if, if it's a seven-point game in the third quarter. Right I don't wrong. know. I don't know. Could be a little scary for Florida State. So, keep an eye. I'm going to be watching that game very intently for the first quarter, at least, and then until it becomes a blowout, to see if there's any signs of cracks. Yeah. In Florida State. How are we going to watch that game? I don't think we catch ACC Network. Here's a here's a crazy here's a crazy <sighs> butterfly effect situation for you. I think if Florida State loses that game, Mike Norvell is the next head coach of ASU. That's that, holy. That's my pick. Let's go, Duchesne, baby. I would yeah. be down for that. All right, so we're gonna jump ahead from the FCS matchups to I call the middle tier of games. All right, there's gonna be the four games on here. Um, two of these will feature on our Instagram page, but the other two I won't even bother. You guys will probably be able to tell which ones. First game we've got UConn at the Mountain West defending champion Utah State. Who do you guys have in this one? Utah State all day. Yeah, I mean UConn just got Jim Mora, the former UCLA head coach. Step in the right direction. He's not gonna be better than the defending Mountain West champs. Who's, yeah. yeah, who's the 6'9 quarterback that just shredded Oregon State in the bowl game oh, last I, year? It might have been like Bonner or whatever. He's the guy who came in off the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the displeasure of watching them dismantle a, a good Oregon State team in a bowl game, so there's no way Utah State isn't prepared for this one. Yep. Clean sweep for Utah State. Next up, we've got Charlotte traveling traveling to play Florida Atlantic. We've got, I believe, Charlie Strong, or is it... It's, it's not, Willie Taggart. Taggart. It's Willie Taggart. I get those two mixed up. But Willie Taggart at Florida Atlantic. I'm going to be honest, I know nothing about either of these teams. Uh, home field, give me FAU. Owls, all day. Uh, last season, FAU beat, who were they playing? Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> See, hey, but this is perfect. It's college football. Yeah. We're going to pick the Charlotte-FAU game. They That's won 38-9 last year. I think they spank them again this year. I got Willie Taggart and the boys. Yeah, Willie Taggart, even though I thought he was Charlie Strong for a second there. <laughs> he, he's uh, He's been doing a decent job at Florida Atlantic. Um I do think he's still an overrated head coach, but I, I don't think Charlotte's got the juice to beat Florida Atlantic. But kudos to Charlotte. You know, they, they came up to the FBS just a few seasons ago. They've assembled a respectable program there. Mm. Um, next up, we've got North Texas at University of Texas El Paso. Mm. A very intriguing game between a couple of teams yeah. that are on the come up. <clears throat> North Texas. How about that close to the season last year? Barely go 6-6. Six and six. Um, they're riding some momentum. Seth Luttrell saved his job. I yep. got the mean green getting the win over UTEP. Okay, I got UTEP. If you look at the betting odds right now, and we'll get into those later, 
but UTEP is a plus 100 underdog at home against this North Texas team. I'm hammering the Miners. Yeah, I mean, there's a time early in this season where UTEP was, last season I should say, UTEP was like 5-2 and two mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and we were talking about trying to get college game day at the UTEP UAB That's game right. uh, in the CUSA. That was okay. fun. North Texas, too? I believe they ended on like a five-game winning streak last year, yeah. including a win over undefeated UTSA. UTSA. So I like the momentum North Texas has. I like what they were building. I believe they lost their bowl game despite that. But they've got a ton of positive momentum. But don't let UTEP. This, it was a three-point game yeah. last year. How about, North Texas was 1-6. and six, Yeah. And they made a bowl game. That is unbelievable. It was a beautiful comeback job by North Texas. I've got North Texas beating UTEP on the road, which I, I do consider a, a bit of a surprise. And I think North Texas has the same helmets as Oregon. Just wanted to add that. Uh, no, because theirs is like... North Texas Oregon's what you Googled? Theirs is like the okay, that, cooler not wings. That. It's like it's like the wings of a bird. The ducks are like but it's like very similar though. It's somewhat it's similar. Kind of a That's rip. like their logo. I got it's like their logo. It if looks anything, like celery sticks. If to anything, me. Oregon ripped off North <laughs> Texas. Oregon ripped off North Texas. But that's neither here nor there. Next up we've got Nevada at New Mexico State. Nevada. I think New Mexico State. How they are they that, still FBS? Dude, they had that flash in the pan season in like 2016. Flash in the pan? Yeah, New Mexico never State. I remember, I've never heard flash in the pan. Yeah, they went to a bowl game. Wow. They won the Arizona Bowl. They gave ASU a run for their money that yep. year. I forget who their running back was that year, but that was that was years ago. New Mexico State has just gotten, uh, they've regressed to their normal program standards. And that's, yeah. you know, where are you going to find a win on the schedule? So I've got the Wolf Pack, uh, uh, a Jay Norvell-less Nevada Wolf Pack. Yep, getting the win. Yeah, Nevada was the victim of one of the weirdest coaching moves I've seen, um, where Jay Norvell jumped a lateral jumped, move. jumped to, from Nevada to Colorado State, which was just a very bizarre move. I don't know if he felt like he could build something better, if he liked the facilities better. Mm-hmm. Very similar programs, same conference. Confusing move. Um, the only move I can think of that confused me as much as that was when Dana Holgerson went from West Virginia to Houston. But hey, that's aged well for him because Houston's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, as it currently stands, a Power Five coach or team. Um, yep. But we'll see how that changes as conferences realign. But I've got Nevada winning. New Mexico State is dog water. Uh, easy pick for me. I got a cousin that's a fourth string quarterback on Nevada. Uh, shout is out. Is he really a jo- cousin? No, though. he is on my mom. His <laughs> name is Jonah Chong. He's on my mother's side. Okay. Okay. Is so his he- mom in Almadova? No, no, no. It's on the mom's side. So his dad's in Almodova? No, he's not in Almodova. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's oh, my mom's maiden name is Wendy Chong. Okay. Okay, okay and now everyone's going to look up my mom's name. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, wait. I kind of want to go back to the flash in the pan thing, though. What does that mean? Like a, a diamond in the rough. Or, or, or like, have you heard lightning in a bottle? Yeah, I've heard that. But like Same thing. Flash just a, a fluke. A it's a fluke, season. yeah. But like, if you're cooking something... Is that what it's referencing? Apparently, like like something happens while you're cooking, and you're like, oh, No one gosh. knows what the phrase means. It just, or they, we know what it means. You just don't... Uh, anyways, let's go. <laughs> let's go to Colt's betting segment. Um, Colt, would you like to explain the name of your betting segment okay, for all so, our viewers? So my middle name is Laakea. Okay, It means sacred light in Hawaiian. So hopefully, uh, my segment here sheds a light on maybe where you <laughs> should put your money on Saturdays, or maybe where you shouldn't put your money. Okay, and so the name of this segment is called Lock Akeas. How clever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Alrighty. <laughs> so every week what we're gonna do, I'm gonna give you three locks that you should probably bet separately, because I'm not <laughs> as confident in, clearly, and then a parlay <laughs> that's guaranteed to hit. Now the thing with the parlay is it has to make you over fifty bucks. So I'm not gonna give you something that if you put ten dollars down, it's gonna win you less than fifty bucks. So let's get right into it. My lock of chaos for the week. Number one, Wyoming is getting plus 10.5 versus Illinois. Ooh. Hammer that. I definitely think Wyoming is going to be in that game to the very end. I'm taking Wyoming to cover the spread there. Number two, Northwestern is getting 13.5 versus Northwestern. I mean, versus Nebraska. <laughs> Northwestern's playing themselves this week. It's just a spring game. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think Dublin's going to provide some flukiness, and I think because of that, this game's going to be close towards the end. So hammer that Northwestern spread. Number three, I think, is the lock of the weekend. Hawaii to cover an eight-and-a-half spread versus Vandy? <laughs> I mean, come on now. 
Vandy's been in Hawaii for about four days now. They're going to be in Hawaii for a total of a week by the time the game starts. That's too much time in Hawaii. Okay, you've got your mind on the beaches, okay, the luau parties, the food. I mean, bud, you just came back I from did. Maui. My mind's still in Hawaii. Exactly. <laughs> so these guys aren't thinking about football, and so Hawaii's going to definitely be in that game. Now we're going to go to my parlay. And so the first leg of that parlay is Hawaii money line. Oh, wow. So let's just take Hawaii <laughs> outright. They're plus 280 versus Vandy. Just hammer that already. Then we got Northwestern's plus 13 and a half that I already mentioned. Okay. And now let's throw in the under 43 and a half points in the Illinois-Wyoming game. I don't see them scoring a lot of points in that one. Interesting. So if you combine those three... That is 10 to win 130, ladies and gentlemen, or 5 wow. to win 65. Or, You're welcome. Or what if what if you just wanted to bet a dollar, Colt? Then you'd win $13. Okay, $13 right. in your pocket. All right, thank you, Colt, for that stunning Lockakea segment. We will get you some stats on uh, how well his, his predictions oh, go. that's true. No, wait, one more thing. Um, not included in this package, the futures bets. They have Arizona right now at 3.5. I think they'll win more than three games. So how no, are the, no comment. How are the over on Arizona three and a half wins? They they were at two and a half earlier this year. So if you took that earlier in the year, it's it's aged quite well. The five and a half on ASU is tricky. I would oh, I wouldn't so I wouldn't touch that with yeah. a ten foot pole. I I would agree. Um, but ten then we hop pole. <laughs> is that new to you as well? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Why are you just learning all these these <laughs> sayings? Ten feet. Um. So as you notice, we didn't pick the three bigger games this weekend yet. We're going to save that for our Pac-12 section, which we're hopping into right now. Um, not going to do it quite yet. We're going to... Hayden, you look like you were is there a, Is there a game day this week? Yes. Yeah, there is. Where are they going? Is it the Nebraska game they're going to? Or that would make sense. No, wait. What they're doing, I think... They're having a game day show. I, I know think that. they're going to next week, Thursday. Mm. West Virginia Pitt. Yeah. Uh, they're doing that, and then they're doing Oregon, no, but Notre Dame. There is a show Ohio this State. weekend. There is a college game day show that's happening this weekend, if I remember correctly. You know what, I'll look it up. I'll get back to you guys. Okay. All right. Um, but, yeah, we're going to, before we get to those big three games, which is the, the Nebraska Northwestern, the Illinois-Wyoming, and the Hawaii Vandy, we're going to go over some Pac-12 superlatives going into this season. What? Alcorn State against NC Central. Oh, okay. So they're giving some FCS love early. <sighs> That's I good. I don't care. This but is lame. You should have went to Hawaii. That's on August 28th. Yeah. They, they You know what? They really should have. But uh, Pac-12 superlatives. Let's start at the top. Uh, highest ceiling of Pac-12 teams. I'm going to go with Utah. I think combined with the returning talent and Kyle Whittingham being the coach, he's provided the roadmap, the mm-hmm. blueprint uh, with how to do more with less, and now he's got a juggernaut on his hands. Yeah. Um, I think if everything clicks right, Utah both has the talent, the strength of schedule to make it to the college football playoff. I do think you could argue USC and Oregon, they're right there as well, but I'm going to go with the Utah Utes, highest ceiling. All right, Colt, who's got the highest ceiling? I'm going UCLA. So if you saw my Instagram <laughs> post, uh, they're going undefeated, 12-0 and 0 in the regular <laughs> season. I'd say it doesn't get higher than that. So I got UCLA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> highest ceiling, I'm going to say USC, and for one reason and one reason only, uh, talent. I think USC has enough talent on their roster that if they click at full strength, they can beat anyone. They can, yeah. they can go toe-to-toe with anyone. With Utah, I can't quite say that. And... I, I mean, you saw Utah last year. They they were right there against Ohio State, but I think Ohio State won because of their superior talent. And yeah. so I think that kind of caps what Utah can do. And then Oregon, um, I, I just think Lanning is so unproven that I, I can't confidently say how high their ceiling is, despite them having similar right. to even maybe better talent than USC. Um, but for every highest ceiling, there is a lowest floor. So who has the lowest floor going into the season? Arizona. I mean, you just look purely at the schedule. I think in terms of yeah. win-loss, U of A could go 0-12 again. It could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, let's say Jaden Delora goes down. We whoa, saw, whoa! Well, we just <laughs> saw... He's a Hawaiian. For yeah, yeah, fighting words. But they, Will Plummer was U of A's like, what, third-string quarterback. Yeah. Started the back half of the season for them. They lost Jordan McLeod and Gunnar Cruz. I, I just, if he goes down, what do they have at quarterback? I know U of A yeah. 
did well in the transfer portal. They did okay in recruiting. So I, I certainly think they will win a couple games, but if they suffer the same injury luck they had last year mixed with the tough strength of schedule, if they bottom out, they're going 0-12. All right, Gold? Not much to say here. I think it's Colorado. I think they're going to be pretty crappy. They were not that good last year, and I don't know who's on the team this year. I know they just got a brand-new head coach. Is that correct? Uh, no, Carl Doro's still there. Oh, Carl Doro's still there? Yeah. Didn't he push someone? Yeah, he did push a cameraman, yeah. Oh, okay. So It feels like he should be gone, but he's still there. So Somehow. He, he yeah, was the Pac-12 coach of the year in 2020. He was. He was. We forget that. Was that the pandemic year? Yep. Yeah, it was the flukiest oh, season Mouse. of all time. Yeah, so I got Colorado going 2-10, and 10, by the way. Yeah. Yep, that sounds about right. Um, lowest floor, I, I kind of tentatively put Colorado. I, I'm hesitant to go in that direction simply because Colorado always seems to come out and compete despite how they've been depleted. The difference this year is the transfer portal, yep. and that was so severe that I, I think I'm willing to say, yeah, Colorado has the lowest floor. If things go wrong for them, they could go really wrong. And Colorado also is the... Um, sad recipient of a terrible out-of-conference schedule that features oh. Air Force, TCU, and what's their other game? Is it? I believe Minnesota. it's a, another Power 5 team. Yeah, Minnesota. It's a so road game at they, Minnesota. They're, they're about to get clapped. I think they're going 0-3 out-of-conference, and then it's just a matter of whether or not they can steal one against someone, uh, which, to be fair, Boulder's a tough place to play. But It is. Um, amongst making our predictions in the Pac-12, who would you say was the toughest to predict? Wazoo. Wazoo, easy for me. Cam Ward is such a wild card at quarterback. I mean, we just, he was a beast at Incarnate Ward. Yep. Is that where it was? Yeah, Incarnate Ward. Ward, He was a beast there. And, I mean, the dude's a specimen. It looks like he's got some great tools. But I just don't know. You know, with Jake Dickert, how good of a coach is he? Yeah. You know, there's just a lot of question marks there for me. So uh, Washington State, in my opinion, is the toughest to predict. Yeah, I'll just keep it in the state of Washington. I think Washington is also a really difficult team to predict. And it's because of the new head coach. It's because of the talent Washington has. And it's because of the nature we watched them crash and burn last year. We don't know what kind of a Washington team we're going to get. I could see Washington going 4-8 and eight again this year. I could see Washington going 8-4. and four. You com- combo that with their transfer quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., and it's just really, really hard to tell what this team's going to do. Yeah, I've got Oregon State. I mean, in my predictions, I have them going 9-3, and three, but when you look at their start to the season, they got Boise State, Fresno State, and then USC-Utah as their first two conference games. Yep. I mean, they could easily start the season 1-4, and four, even though <laughs> I was looking at it as Oregon State could be the best team in the North. And I know it doesn't matter this year because the top two teams in the Pac-12, regardless of you know division, will yep. be in the conference championship mm-hmm. game. But the Beavers were, were probably my third best team in the Pac-12 right now, but they could also be the seventh best team. Yeah, and it's definitely definitely a tough start at the schedule. Luckily, it softens up for Oregon State. Uh, who is the easiest to predict? I'm gonna say Oregon, just because I think their floor is eight and four, ceiling ten and two. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously Dan Landing is somewhat of an unknown, but they've got a good situation at quarterback. They have a good problem with. Uh, Bo Nix, and then the five-star, is it Thompson? Ty Thompson, yeah. Ty Thompson. And then they have Jay Butterfield. Right, Jay Butterfield, and, and more on them later. They did lose uh, Travis Dye in the portal, and but that offensive line is insane, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to spoil one of my future picks here in this segment, but let's just say their defense is spectacular. So uh, I think the Oregon Ducks, pretty. we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do this year. Uh, easiest to predict for me, I'd say Cal. Um, I think Cal's really easy to predict simply because you know they're not going to come out and be the worst team in the Pac-12. They're going to beat the Stanfords and the Colorados and the Arizonas most likely. Uh, but I, they're just not going to beat any of the contenders either. I, I don't see a scenario where Cal comes out and beats Utah, USC, UCLA, even Oregon State. I can't see that. It would, it would be a significant upset. But they have to go into Corvallis this year. Like I don't see that happening. I don't see them being Oregon. Maybe Washington's a bit of a coin flip, but Cal was the easiest for me to say, yeah, they're probably going to be relatively mid this year. Huge year for Justin Wilcox. Yeah. He has got to go to a bowl game, if not better. Seven and five, eight Bowl game keeps his job better than that, you know, maybe secures him another year or two um, on top of that. For me, it was Utah. I I think they're going to be a great team this year, but just a step below last season. 
I think last year they probably reached their height of what this current era is going to look like. And I think this year maybe they'll lose three, four games. They're not going to be in the playoff like I see some of these uh, preseason projections. They're probably not going to win the Pac-12 either. I just got Utah being a solid 9-3 and team. I think Utah reminds me a lot of 2017 Washington. If you remember, the 2016 Washington team is the last Pac-12 team that to went to the playoff. playoff. Yeah. And Washington in 2017 was a great team. They yeah. went... 10-2, and two, won the Pac-12, I believe, or came second, came in second. They were a top-two Pac-12 team that year. They go to the Fiesta Bowl. Then they, they got were, spanked, I think. They, got, right? they lost to Penn State, but, yeah, I think Utah will be good, but I think maybe flew a little too close to the sun last year. Right. Where I Which think we that, get a lot of slander for right, saying. Right, right. <laughs> and I said Utah has the highest ceiling. They could do that again, but... Like we've all predicted, they could lose a couple, two to three games. If that happens, it's going to be perceived as a disappointment. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, best offense. USC, no question for me. I mean, Caleb Williams, Addison, uh, Die, Brendan Rice. I mean, the list goes on. USC is just absolutely loaded. One word, continuity. UCLA. I think UCLA wow. has the best offense this year simply because of continuity um, I just think statistically DTR is going to be putting up some monster numbers this year, and I think UCLA's got the weapons to allow him to thrive. And Chip Kelly, offensive guru. Um, but USC I don't think has the um, the connectivity between their last year's team and this year's team to instantly spark that offense. I think it might take a little bit for them to get going, so I'll give it to UCLA for the consistency. That's fair, but I'm also giving it to USC. Like Hayden mentioned, they also return Andrew Voorhees, their offensive tackle. That's going to be really good for Caleb Williams coming in there. Also, die their running back. They are, without a doubt, probably the most talented. Uh, best defense? Oregon Ducks, led by Justin Flo. Dan Lanning has a beast of a defense yeah. to work with. Yeah. They did lose Kayvon Thibodeau, but just up and down, secondary, linebacking core, defensive line, loaded, four- mm-hmm. five-star talent. I mean, this defense yep. is, you could argue, is going to be up there with like a 2013 Stanford with how elite I think this unit is. Yeah, I mean, he. this is probably the best Pac-12 team he could have gone to uh, for the least amount of talent drop-off on defense. Yeah, you combine Dan Lanning with that defense, it's a scary thought. I got Oregon. I got Oregon as well. They returned Noah Sewell. He was an animal last year. Yep. Exactly. You got Justin Flo, Noah Sewell, some other guys, probably another. Or they, got, they lost their last die guy, huh? Uh, dark horse contender in the Pac-12. I didn't, I didn't even prep for this question. Damn. Yeah, I'll start it off. We got Oregon State. Um, I think Oregon State is just the obvious pick for me because I don't think USC or UCLA or Utah or Oregon can be quantified as dark horse contenders. And, I mean, maybe I might lean Washington if things break the right way. I think they have the talent to do so. But I'm going to pick Oregon State because it's fun to pick your own team. So Yeah, I've got the Beavs pretty much for the same reason. And if not them, then UCLA. I think a lot of people have UCLA kind of penciled in as an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team right now. I think their ceiling is a little bit higher than that. So for that reason, I'm going to say the Bruins are a dark horse contender for yeah. the title. Imagine UCLA loses to Bowling Green and your just predictions are shot. Just right <laughs> yeah, well, the second they lose a game, my prediction's shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Oregon State. But you know what? I want to take a shot in the dark for the dark horse pick. Let's go Arizona. Oh, my Okay, we got Jane and Delora over there. They just added a whole bunch of new guys. You I shouldn't even be letting into this building, man. I don't know, man. We don't know what to what to expect from this Arizona team. And so that's a dark horse pick. I will say this. If they go two and one in that non conference schedule. That could be a scary um, foreshadow for how well I think they might do in the Pac-12. I wouldn't call them a dark they're horse. Not, I don't see them winning. They're not more a than dark horse contender, but I think yeah, six and six is pretty much their ceiling. I don't know if that's necessarily their ceiling. I think it is. I don't see them. I could see them slipping to seven. I don't. I don't really see eight games. I, I would. I would go one game higher than that. I'd say seven is their ceiling. Okay. I did my job because saying Oregon State would have been lame, and so Arizona <laughs> at least sparks some discussion. I, I respect. All right. Hey, I respect. Who, who's that. most likely to disappoint? Utah, for the reasons that I just said, mm. is that the expectations are so high. If they go nine and three, disappointing season. Yep. So, which would normally be considered successful yep, for the Right. I'd say USC. I think uh, 
honestly, USC fans have done a good job at tapering their expectations, but simply based on USC's track record, I think they'll disappoint. You know, I don't think you can really be disappointed with USC right now because everything feels so fresh with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. UCLA, I think you can be very disappointed in. This is probably it for their best chance to win the Pac-12. Their fans have been upset And so if they don't do it now, it will probably never happen. That would be pretty disappointing for Chip Kelly then. And who is the most likable in the Pac-12? Outside of the Arizona State University Sun Devils. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to go away from yeah. State, too. Um, Colorado? I mean, I, I mean you, as an ASU fan, I mean, there's yeah. no beef there. <laughs> I mean, they're not really a threat. I mean, I aside from Carl Doral being kind of a jerk to reporters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Brendan Lewis, he's a scrappy quarterback. He yeah. plays hard. They've always got scrappy They usually have a pretty good defense. Nate Landman finally graduated, right? Yeah. Or is he coming I, back? I believe he did. There's no yeah, way. I, I honestly don't. Nate, yeah. But Colorado, they usually have, have had some good guys. Nelson Spruce. Mm. I remember when he was the face of Colorado through their dark years. They've always had some likable dudes on that team, so... No reason to dislike the Buffs. Yeah, um, I would say UCLA for mine. Um, I just think I've never had a beef with UCLA either. I think they're the nicer to Los Angeles school. Um, UCLA is an easy pick for me. What I like about UCLA as well is Darius Muasel transferred there. And so that's is that a, why they got the 12 and 0 prediction? That is exactly correct. <laughs> okay, Darius Muasel, if you don't know, he's a linebacker. He transferred from UH. Uh, to UCLA this year. Also, what I kind of like about UCLA, they're like the little brother to USC in this whole Big Ten move. And a lot of people are just talking about, okay, USC is going to get to play Ohio State. No. UCLA is <laughs> there too, okay? It's like the LA right. Clippers. They're relevant too. Okay, good call, good call. Um, And then both in LA too. Yep. Uh, least likable. Outside of U Arizona. Yep. Uh, <laughs> USC. USC just because they... I don't know, man. I just uh, maybe some personal, <laughs> some per- more personal bias there. Um, it's USC, man. They're they're the evil empire. They just went out, went from they were a four and eight team last year, and they emptied out the pocketbooks. Now that NIL is a thing, yep. And they just raided the free agent market, and simply because they have the best NIL collective, they're going to be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Not because you know they were built. Um, they were they just able it. to go they out and, and buy the biggest coach away from Oklahoma, and then they were able to buy their roster. So, you know, that kind of, I mean, more power to them, but, you know, it, I think a lot of teams are going to are gonna play them tough this year, and I think a lot of people share the sentiment that USC is kind of the, the evil empire, like I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, mine is for one thing, uh, Instagram comments. Utah fans, <laughs> Utah fans are way too cocky right now. Utah, you got to humble yourselves. I'm rooting against you now this year. You are my least likable fan base and team right now. I've got to say, I've heard some glowing reviews. I love about, Tavion Thomas. I've oh, me too. But He's I one hate of the, Utah now. Honestly, <laughs> I've heard glowing reviews. I've never been to a Utah game. Uh, I've heard their fans, you know, at, uh, in Salt Lake at Rice Eccles are great fans, They're but terrible, I have heard the social media, they do get a little bit chippy on the social side, so. I'm going to a Utah game this year, so I'll report, oh, and I was there last year. Cool. I don't know if I'm going to lose my scholarship for this, or maybe my internship. Don't do it. But uh, I'm going to say my least likable team right now is Arizona State. Wow. Why? I just... What's there to like right now? I feel like any day from now we're going to get a notification on our phone saying that, oh, sanctions just dropped, and this whole season's going to be for nothing. We're currently riding out with Herm Edwards, who no one even wants here anymore. Can't name you that many people on the roster. I did a whole package, uh, shout out Cronkite News, uh, about a few months ago on the Polynesian football players on the team. They all transferred within a week of me doing that story. And so there's just not a lot for me to root for right now, even though I go to the school. Well, and so that, yeah, you'll still that's be painful to hear. Let me sell you though. Okay. Is that <laughs> here comes the I pitch. heard that, and you can read any article that the culture in the club or in the locker room right now is at an all-time high since it's been under Herm Edwards because the team last year, I think everyone in this room agrees, the ceiling was very high, clearly underperformed expectations. Yep. And a lot of penalties, 
and you just got the vibe that at times the team was checked out. That Oregon State game at the end of the season, that was, they were not there. That was not, that was a poor performance. They quit in the second half against Utah. They quit against Washington State. And I just think a lot of the big players on that team that were causing the problems are gone. And you can read any article and guys are saying this, the guys who are left are the guys who really want to be here. And for that reason, I think we're going to see this team possibly exceed expectations, albeit low expectations. You know, this is a team that wants to be here. Yeah, and I Big think Game Boomer be... says their ceiling's three and nine. So oh, it's ridiculous. Gotta, it, pretty easy to exceed that, but very impassioned speech, Hayden. Appreciate that. Appreciate the passion on this show. Oh, it was good. Um, but something that we normally do week to week, and we will be doing it next week, you better better be ready for that. I was about to say bet your bottom dollar, but I didn't know if Colt would get confused. Um, bottom dollar. <laughs> what about the top dollar? So uh, we do, we hand out a Wheaties um, prize to whoever was the best performer in the Pac-12, who's been eating their Wheaties, and then whoever was the worst player in the Pac-12, we hand out Fruit Loops, because um, that's a very sugary cereal, the exact opposite of eating your Wheaties. Um, so we'll start with Fruit Loops. Who is the biggest Fruit Loops threat week in and week out in the Pac-12 this year? Brendan Lewis. Brendan Lewis had some rough, rough weeks last year. He's he's the Steven Montez um, of this year's Ooh, yeah. season. Steven Montez, if you're one of our um, season one or season two listeners, he any given week could be your Wheaties guy mm-hmm. or your Fruit Loops guy. Brendan Lewis, with that early non-conference schedule being so brutal, I think the stat lines going to be a little rough. Yeah. A little rough for him. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Penix Jr., as sad as it makes me What's his feel last to name? say that. Uh, Penix. Oh. Um, and Michael Penix Jr., I just think, on that Washington office, that's been so bad. He's in a new system. He just got named the starter there. Washington's going to be in some important games, and they play Michigan State early. I, I don't know. I feel like he could have some absolute duds. Brendan Lewis certainly on the radar, though. Um, once again, not to slander ASU, but I'm going to go Emory Jones. Okay. Wow. I just he had 13 picks last you were year going for at Florida. ASU. Yeah, 13 picks last year for Florida. I don't know if he's going to develop the chemistry needed right now. He could be victim to a lot of picks this year and be showing up on the Fruit Loop stat lines every week. Could yeah, be. Could man. be. I think Emory Jones, I don't think he's an upgrade over Jaden Daniels, but I think he's going to be a very similar kind of prototype. I uh, you know, run first quarterback, dual threat. He's not going to light it up through the air. I think based on what Jaden Daniels did last year, where he threw about as many touchdowns as he did picks, um, you know, the bar is low the for bar quarterback is quite play low. coming bar into this low. year. Granted, the the receiving core is is very depleted, but uh, I think I think Emory will be okay this year. But I could see why you'd say that, Colt. All right, on the flip side of the coin, biggest Wheaties threat this season, Caleb Williams. With Ooh. with the receivers he has at his yeah. disposal. Uh, I mean, he is one of the uh, biggest names to play in this conference, it seems like, in a while. Yeah. And uh, I think Caleb... Quarterback play is going to be really good in this conference Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I think Caleb Williams, with that air raid system, he's going to light it up and put some crazy stats up this year. Cole, how are we feeling? I'm feeling Jaden Delora. I knew that was going to happen. Every single week. (laughs) The biggest threat is actually not Delora. It's me. Because I'm going to give it to Delora six out of the 12 weeks out of the season just because he's from Hawaii. That sounds about right. Biggest weedy start for me, Deshaun Fenwick slash whoever starts at running back for Oregon State because I don't know if they've named a starter yet. But whoever it is behind that big old offensive line, they're going to be a threat every week. They might run for 200 yards a week. Oregon State runs the ball very effectively under Jonathan Smith, and that's something that he's proved since he's been there. I mentioned the quarterback play in the Pac-12. Um, in the last week, Cal, I believe, named their starting quarterback Jack Plummer. Uh, Washington named their starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr. But both schools in the state of Oregon are the only Pac-12 schools to not name a starter yet. At Oregon State, we've got Tristan Jebbia versus Chance Nolan, the starter from last year. Jebbia started in 2020 but got injured, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when Nolan took over. So of, of those two... Who do you think takes the job at Oregon State? Jack Coletto. <laughs> the jackhammer. You think the jackhammer comes out? No, he won't. But he's just really cool, man. His his fourth and one, how he's un, unstoppable on Huge those. Huge Jack Coletto fans here. The only one who stopped him was Purdue, right? And that was like George week Carlaftis one of the season. stopped him, and that was the only stop the whole year. Yeah. He was a round one, right? Carloftis? He, he was. He went He was. He went to the Chiefs. 
Um, probably Chance Nolan. I mean, he's just the he's the returner. He's the steady presence. I'm gonna go Chance Nolan. I would I would agree, Chance Nolan. The only peculiar thing here, and I was told by somebody that Jebbia was a captain last year, so they just renamed him captain this year. But Jebbia is a captain, and Chance Nolan isn't. So mm. interesting. Nolan's only a junior this year. He is the more talented quarterback. He should be the favorite. But the fact they haven't named a starter yet is a little bit interesting. As an Oregon State fan, who would you want? I would want Nolan. I would want, based on what I've seen, I want Nolan. But I think it's a great problem to have. Jebbia is also starting caliber in the Pac-12. But then at Oregon, it's seemingly still a three-horse race. you got Bo Nix, Ty Thompson, the five-star, and then Jay Butterfield, who apparently <laughs> you can't sleep on. He's just been sticking around there. Who do you like to take that job? I got Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix wins, and I think the reason why is because the week one matchup in mm, Athens yeah. or Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be in Georgia True. territory. Bo Nix, you know, he's played on the big stage under the bright lights, uh, whereas Thompson, you know, he hasn't seen much run at quarterback for the yeah. Ducks yet. So I think the stage might be a little too big for Thompson week one and, and Butterfield for that matter. So I, I do think, uh, I think Bo Nix will get the week one nod. I don't know if it's a tactical strategy by Oregon to not announce who it is, but to me it's concerning that Bo Nix, even though we know he's a pretty damn good quarterback and we've seen what he can do in college football, hasn't been named the starter yet. Yeah. I mean, four months ago I was like, guaranteed Bo Nix. Today I'm like, I don't know if it's Bo Nix. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Nix is probably going to start. I back up everything you guys said, but... That means two five-star quarterbacks are going to still be riding the bench in the Pac-12. And Ty Thompson wow. and Sam Heward at, uh, at Washington, mm. which is a very notable thing. And might I add, Kenny Dillingham, Oregon's offensive coordinator, was the QB's coach at Auburn. So and that's also that's favorite something for worth mentioning. All right, let's hop into the last three Week Zero picks, the big ones. First mm. game, we've got Wyoming. They're traveling to play Illinois. Illini. They got the big week zero win last season. No reason to think they lose this game. Yeah, this is a fun game. Really weird game. Wyoming's a weird team every single season. Illinois is a weird team. What I noticed about Wyoming last year, I was looking back toward the end of the season. They smacked a Utah State team on the road by like 20, 30 points. Yeah. The following week, they played Hawaii at home and lost by a lot. And so I think more of the same here for Wyoming. Wyoming couldn't stop the run last year. I don't think they can either. This season, I'm going to take Illinois in the two teams' first ever meeting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing. I've listed it as one of the big ones because it just feels like it has a little more weight than some of those other matchups. Yep. What I like here is the head coaching matchup. You've got Craig Bull at Wyoming. He won three national championships at North Dakota State, and he's kind of struggled to get his footing under him at Wyoming. He has improved the team since he's got there, but... You know, I think they went, what, 7-6, and six, not a fantastic season last year. And then Illinois, Bielema overcame expectations and went 5-7, and seven, won four Big Ten games last year, in his first year at Illinois. First year! And he has an incoming transfer quarterback um, from Syracuse as well. So, honestly, DeVito, that's what it is, Tommy DeVito. Um, don't sleep on this Illinois squad this year. I've got Illinois beating Wyoming as well. Um, we'll skip over that game for now, and we'll go to the game in Dublin, like Ireland. <laughs> uh, Nebraska versus Northwestern in Dublin! In Dublin, Ireland! Yeah, this, you got? this is a huge season for both head coaches. Uh, Pat Fitz at yep. Northwestern, and of course Frost at Nebraska. Gosh, that 3-9 and nine team last year for the Huskers, one of the best 3-9 and nine teams we've ever <laughs> seen. A claim uh, no one wants uh, to yeah. have. Give me the Huskers. Uh, they, they need it more. Uh, they're the better team. They're the more talented team. Uh, and the last point I'll make is they have Decoldis Crawford. So uh, give me the <laughs> He's Huskers. Injured. He's injured, though. In a close game. Give me the Huskers uh, 31-24. For the first time in my life, when, <laughs> Scott, when Scott Frost is the head coach in Nebraska, I actually believe they will put a good product on the field. And I actually am going to pick Nebraska to win, and not just win, but I think they will win handily. This is a team they tore apart last year, even when they went 3-9. and nine. It feels like I'm an idiot picking them because I, it was an easy Illinois win over Nebraska pick for me last year. But this year, for some reason, I'm drinking the Nebraska Kool-Aid. I've got Nebraska winning. Northwestern also went 3-9 and nine last year, too, but not as yeah. impressive. 
Uh, Casey Thompson is coming in at Nebraska. I think Scott Frost probably on the hot seat right now going into this season. Yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> so he needs this a little bit more. I, I know what's happening in Dublin, so maybe the guys in Omaha aren't seeing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to win this one regardless. Fun fact, the last two even years, so 2020 and 2018, Northwestern won their division and represented in the Big Ten Championship game. So wow. could could be scary for Nebraska if they learn that fact. And now we've got the really big one. Um, Vanderbilt, the Commodores, will travel on the road to play the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I thought you were going to say Austin P versus Western Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, is Joey Yellen... The starter at Hawaii. So that's the big question right now. Okay. No one knows. And we're three Nobody days. knows. I think that will actually play a huge factor. Because I agree. Joey Yellen is kind of a dog. He was the starting quarterback at Mission Viejo. It's a huge high school in Southern California. Goes to ASU. Mm-hmm. Transfers. To, and he played a game. He started against USC in 2019. Played very well in that game. believe he threw for over 300 yards. Um, then sits the rest of the year for J, uh, JD5, transfers to Pitt, sees no time there, comes to Hawaii. I think he's going to have a really good year for the Bows. But Vanderbilt, man, that SEC, I mean, th- look, we, <laughs> this they, they've played SEC competition, okay? I think Clark Lee, he's a defense guy, and I think at the end of the day, Vanderbilt ekes one out, and I think this is going to be a low-scoring, ugly 20-13 Vanderbilt win on the island. Yeah, you look at Vanderbilt last year. They played East Tennessee State at home, and they lost by 20. They didn't just lose. They got smacked against a bad FCS team. You look at that game, and you say, wow, is there a team that this Vanderbilt team you know, can't lose to? And I'd say probably no. Vanderbilt can lose to any team in the country. However... They also went around and beat Colorado State on the road, handily. Hawaii is a different animal, and I honestly do think Hawaii plus 8.5 in this game is a good bet. But I'm going to give the slight edge to the Commodores. Go, Vandy, anchor down, I think. Vandy Go, Vandy! It's, just the, it's the talent. For me, it's just the talent. Yeah. UH lost too much. That's that's kind of where Which Vanderbilt what is a, a bad team. Don't get it twisted. Dude, they actually recruited well. They're they're a consistent top yeah. 50 recruiting yeah, team, they so they're but, talented. But they are bad. They almost lost right. to UConn last year, but I think that's they That's the head away. scratcher. Yeah. Is why they suck. Yeah, exactly. But this game's not even in Nashville. This it's, is I know, in I know. Hawaii, which is the total difference. What's going on right now in Hawaii, I haven't seen since around 2008, 9, 10. Okay, Norm Chow ruined the University of Hawaii's football program between the span of 2012 to 2015, and the program has not recovered. What has happened in this offseason since Todd Graham did what he did and then they brought in Timmy Chang is the revival of a program that right now only seats 10,000 people to go to the games. There's no more Aloha Stadium. They, there's now nacho like stickers on the helmets. Things look <laughs> a little different at UH. But right now it's the biggest buzz I've seen in 12 years. And so with that being said, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Braden Shager does not impress me at all, especially last season. I know they won the Fresno State game with him at QB, but it was not because of him. I do like Joey Yellen. I've heard of guys that have seen him in practice. They say they love Joey Yellen. I think he should be the starter. I hope to see him. I love the new offensive coordinator. He was a former Eastern Washington guy, and they were dropping, I believe, like the top points in the FCS while he was there. Ian Schumacher, I'm so high on this Hawaii team. I'm so excited. I think they're going to spank Vandy by 20 points. Wow. And they're going to go undefeated. <laughs> they're going back to the Sugar Bowl. They're going to play Georgia in the natty. And Hawaii's going to win it all. They're going to get the revenge versus the Bulldogs. I'm changing all my predictions. Joey Yellen for Heisman. He was, was a four-star <laughs> coming out of high school. And that's just a beautiful speech called That'll Take Us Into Fact or Fiction, which is a fun segment we like to do near the end of the show where I'm going to throw out a statement and uh, Hayden and Cole are going to tell me whether it is fact or whether it is fiction. Fiction. Um, We'll start. The Pac-12 champion will have one loss or less. Fiction. I'm going to go fact because UCLA is way undefeated. (laughs) You got to have to. 
You can go back on your picks, by the way. It's been enough time. I kind of like that one. <laughs> yeah, oh my it's God. Going on. All right, Factor Fiction, we will see more than one FCS upset in week zero. Fiction. I'm going to go Fiction as well, but I think there's going to be some in week one. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Factor Fiction, there will be at least one surprise conference champion that none of us have picked. Fact. Fact. That happens every year. Yeah. I'm feeling the Big 12. I think the Big 12, oh, yeah. we That's could see... Bloodbath. Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, we got Factor Fiction. Hawaii, Oregon State, and Arizona State will all make a bowl game this year. Guaranteed. Fiction. Guaranteed. Wow. Guaranteed. Fact. Hayden says fiction. Who's, who's ruining that one? Um... Hawaii. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> All right, fact or fiction. More college football teams should play games in other countries. Like the double. Uh, ah. Fiction. I, I'm just not a big neutral site guy. I'm I, not I a big agree. neutral site guy. I'm not a huge neutral site guy either. Yeah, I'm not a huge neutral site guy, but I also don't understand why outside the country. These guys don't care. Does Europe care about Nebraska? They actually or do North get pretty lit for those games. For Nebraska? Yeah, I mean. Or they, the Jaguars? But yeah. but Europe, they I don't think they. Well, you know, I'm not gonna speak out of turn, but uh, I they amateur sports aren't a huge deal over there. So you know, the NFL or the right. MLB comes in. Yeah, they know. Oh, that's we'll professional sports. We'll see how packed the stadium is. We'll see how right. packed it is. Um, see if they tap into a Nebraska fan base there. Uh, fact or fiction? We will see a new team in the playoffs, brand new that's never been there at the end of the season. Has A and M been? I don't think so. No. So fact. Uh, fiction. That's right. wishful thinking, but it's not happening. Fact or fiction, a Pac-12 player will be a Heisman finalist. Fact. Fact. Yep. All right. Who are you thinking? Superman. Caleb Williams. Either Caleb or Addison. All right. Oh, wow. Addison Ray. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Whoa, fact, short of the baddest. Fact, <laughs> fact or fiction, a group of five team goes undefeated in the regular season. Fiction. In the regular season? In the regular season. Yeah, fact. I think Houston has a shot. I mean, you just said Hawaii would, so... True, so that's two, <laughs> two group of five teams that are going undefeated. All right, fact or fiction, North Dakota State moves up to the FBS in the next five years. Fiction. Oh, wow. I, don't so. I don't think so. Even after James Madison? Even went, after like James Madison, they've had ample opportunity. I, I just don't think so. Gold? I mean, fact that they're going to move up, fiction to the FBS part. I don't even know what the FBS is going to be in five years. And so I think North Dakota State will be in the group of five by then. Okay, so yeah, all right, whatever. Okay, back, <laughs> that back would still be FBS. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. still be FBS. Yeah, Not I'm, Power Five. I, I'm stupid. Okay, no, sorry. Right. Factor no Fiction: Lee Corso will perform a dangerous stunt on College Game Day this year. Oh, I hope not. I don't know if he can afford that. Uh, <laughs> you remember when he cut his lip open against the USC one? He was playing with the sword. <laughs> I don't remember okay. that play. So. Uh, probably. Fact. <laughs> all right. He's got to be careful. Yeah, I agree. He's old now. He can't. He can't mess around. All right. So we have for the final segment, um, guess that fight song. Uh, new new segment we're going to introduce today. We're still working out the kinks of this, uh, so I don't. I don't really know how it's it's going to operate here. Um, each of us has a fight song selected, so I believe we'll each play it, and then the other two have to guess. Um, is it a? So let's do. Let's play five, or let's play the first five, six seconds. Okay. Everybody has to guess. Alternating guesses. Right, right. and then uh, if we get it wrong, then we can get a hint. Okay. And then you play another five, six seconds. If we get it wrong again, then we lose. Okay. All right. We'll start with. Let's start with my song. You know what? Here we go. I'll, I'll get it up next to the camera. Uh, don't look, guys. I don't want to spoil it for you. People are struggling. We're going <laughs> to get a Mark Kelly ad first, guys. Okay, do you want me to go? Because I think mine's queued up. Oh, yours is queued up? Yeah. yeah. All right, here Mark, we go. Mark Kelly ad. All right, so me and Cole are going to have to try and guess the fight song. All right, here we go. Sorry? No Blake Masters ads yep. today. All right. <laughs> Nebraska. No. Dang it. TCU. No, this is a group of five team. I'll play like five, six more seconds, and then you'll get one more guess after that. Okay. Um, I want to say this is an American team. And so I'm going to go with South Florida. Nope. I'm going Boise. You were closer. Oh. It's uh, 
San Diego State. Really? Uh, I cut it right before yeah. the part where they go S D S U. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're over. Yep. We're over to start the season. I've got mine now. Um, here we go. It's gonna play. I swear. Wake Forest. For, no. um, uh, uh, East Carolina. Uh, here's your hint. This is a song you could be hearing in Week Zero. Okay. All right, let's hear a little more. Okay. Okay. Vandy. Western Kentucky. Not Vandy, not Western Kentucky. One more hint, they're in the Big Ten. Illinois. Illinois. Hayden has gotten it right. It is Illinois. Um, the good old Oski Wow Wow is the next I mean, it was either Illinois or <laughs> Nebraska by the time we knew it was a Big Ten in Week Zero. Or Northwestern. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, Cole. Wait, it's who's okay. Nebraska playing? Northwestern. <laughs> Who's Illinois playing? Wyoming. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. All right, and now Colt's song for the grand finale. They all sound the same, I swear. The Oregon Ducks. No. Why did it remind me so much of the Oregon Ducks song? Florida. Holy cow! You get yeah. it? Yeah, it's Florida. What?! Holy cow! The second guess, Hayden gets it right on the nose. That's the Gators. Wow, what a tone setter. So Hayden, wow. Hayden's got a point. He's got two points, and me and Cole have nothing. There we go. Wow, Good start impressive. To the season. Good start to the season. Um, that leads us to the end of the show. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Great job, guys. Week yeah. zero. Wrapping it up. I'm excited to see some, some football go down. Yeah. And uh, normally for the new listeners, well, the show will be shorter than this. We have like a one-hour window, assuming we get selected to be a prestigious specialty show. Yeah, we'll be a 55-minute show probably. Yeah, and some better sound quality. We'll get to uh, use the studio facilities here at ASU. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is our senior year. Um, potential swan song for a Pacific point of view. Hopefully we can keep it up after after college, but could be a down year for ASU, but it's college football, man. I mean, college football is the best sport in the world, and uh, I'm excited for what 2022 has to offer. Yeah, as am I. Go Beavs, anchor down. This may be the start of something great. It's not just the last year. This, this could be the last year of this being not paid. We could be getting paid for this one day. Let's Who knows? Go. Let's go. Uh, I also heard we might be getting merch in. And so I, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We got to get some shirts. The people want shirts. You're right. You're right. I'll put a poll up and see what people want. What do you think they want? Shirts or? I, that's why I'm putting the poll. Hats? <laughs> it's a, I'll pens? Put, I'll you guys, put, do you guys still do pencils? Yeah, no, we've got pens. I actually have. I have Pacific Point of View pens. I don't know if I ever showed you that. No. Yeah. It's pretty good. I showed both the other day. But anyways, uh, if that's all we got. Yeah, I'm that's Tyler. pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> you done, Cole? All right. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Cole Tomadova. And with that, we wave goodbye. <laughs>